Hi everyone, I'm Henna. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Failing Point Podcast. Well, I think in the beginning, especially when I was younger, like I said, it was all about um, feeling overly confident in my abilities with nothing to back it up mm-hmm. whatsoever. And the fact that you succeed once doesn't mean that you will succeed again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first mistakes uh, were all about thinking that I know better than the market. And I pretend that I was this young Steve Jobs who can just do whatever he wants and people will buy it. That was not the case, as it turns out. Uh, you actually have to do work and you have to study the market and you have to make sure that people need whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't do that, then the market will um, kick your butt. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what happened to me many, many times. So those were really sort of the first, uh, the first mistakes that I was making. Failing Point is a podcast about entrepreneurship, about seeing challenges as opportunities and failures as steps to success. With a lineup of inspiring entrepreneurs sharing the hardships of their journeys and the lessons they've learned, we are ready to challenge the status quo of Finnish business culture. We all have a story to tell. Now it's time for Brave Talk. Hi everyone, this is Julia from Failing Point. Today's guest is David Plinov, a brilliant businessman who has achieved a lot in digital marketing and business. He's also very inspiring public speaker who hopes to see a change in the way that failure is seen in the Finnish business culture. David's story is one of a kind that you definitely don't want to miss, so sit back, relax and listen. So what is your passion if you think about everything that you have done and your future goals and what you're doing right now? Well, you know, the thing I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, is if we're talking about particular skills or, or just a thing to do, then public speaking is the thing that I really enjoy. Why? Because um, it's something that's really, you know, fills me up with energy. It makes me happy. It makes me excited. And especially when I'm up on the stage, it doesn't matter how large the audience is and it doesn't matter really what I'm talking about but when I can see that I can somehow impact people if I can influence them if I can help them uh, if they learn something or they get inspired even a little bit and you can see there's this sparkle in their eyes and or you can see them nodding their head or you can see them smiling when you're talking it's something that just makes it worth it for me uh, it makes me feel that I'm I'm sharing my experience and I'm doing something good So it's it's something that you know I've I've been doing quite a bit, and I would love to do it even more in the future, because for me, like I think, as you get a little bit older, a little bit more experienced, it kind of becomes less about yourself and more about the impact you can make, mm-hmm. and more about you know making the world a better place in a way. Mm. For me, I'm a marketer. I'm not maybe building hospitals in Africa, and I'm not saving children because those are not my skills. But if I can help people reach their goals, if I can help them somehow make their business dreams come true, then that's my way of making an impact and making a contribution. Mm. And that's something that I really enjoy. And I think public speaking also goes hand in hand with that. Mm. Yeah, sounds good. Mm. Um, aren't you afraid of it, though? For me, um, public speaking is mm. something like, yes, I would like yes. to do that, but... I just freak out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's part of the thing. That's part of the thrill. And uh, you know, I've I've read a lot of books and I've, I've listened to different podcasts and interviews with famous public speakers. And people say that this this terrifying feeling never really goes away. 
it doesn't matter how experienced you are, mm-hmm. if you go out on the stage of the Nordic Business Forum or Slush, you're still going to be terrified and you're still going to feel the butterflies in your stomach. But to me, I think that's also part of the journey, that's part of the trail, because as soon as it starts feeling uh, routine and as soon as it starts feeling boring, then maybe it's when you should start doing something else. So you like to go out of your comfort zone exactly. in a way. That's, yeah. that's the part of it. And it's part of sort of feeling the thrill and sometimes being stressed and terrified. But in the end, it's all worth it. Hmm. What kind of topics do you usually talk about? Well, mostly these days it's about my expertise, which is digital marketing. Mm. And uh, uh, there's quite a lot to say because you, when you work in a, in a marketing agency, uh, you do get to interact with a lot of companies. You see a lot of cases. You try so many new things. And uh, you, get to, you get to learn about what works and what doesn't. And then you're in this unique position to be able to tell people that, hey, you know what, I've done these things and I've learned and I know how it works and you don't have to make the same mistakes. And uh, that, that's, what makes it, uh, that's what makes it worth it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- about those topics, I was thinking about that it may be a bit different to go and speak publicly if you mm-hmm. really know what you're talking about. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I bet there there is a lot of people that would like to speak about something, but they yeah. don't really know what the topic is. Of course, you're going to be much more comfortable if you if you know what you're talking about, uh, because then you can literally jump out on the stage in front of people and you can start talking because you know the subject really well mm-hmm. and you can add the value. And I think it's less about being afraid that uh, you're going to mess up or you're going to forget the words uh, or you lose your train of thought. But it's more about knowing that in the end you can add value to those people. And then that's really what makes it, uh, what makes it a good experience mm-hmm. for you and, and for everybody else. So, but for me, that's just, of course, a part of my journey. Uh, it's, it's a small part of what I do uh, as an entrepreneur right now, but it's something that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. What do you think of failures in general? I think failures are necessary and important. You know, there is this one one expression that people use, and, and, and some other people make fun of it, but it's called fail forward or fail fast. And I think it's super important to do that. Uh, you know, for us, um, I work in a digital agency, and uh, we came up with a model that's based on experiments. Because it doesn't matter how experienced you are as a marketer, you never really know what's going to work because digital marketing is changing so quickly. And what you need to do is you need to try multiple things. You need to learn from them. You need to collect and gather the data. And then you'll find maybe one or two things that work really well. And it's the same way that uh, I look at business failures and life failures as well, because if you don't try, you're not going to know. And there is no shame in trying. You should be proud of trying. You should be proud of the fact that you've You've tried something and even if you failed one, two or three times, you've learned a lot and you've learned hopefully quickly and you've moved on and the next time you're going to be much more successful. Yeah. So you came out as a better person. Exactly. Kind of. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. That's the entire point. And I, I, I think that, especially here in Finland, mm. uh, it's, it's an important topic to discuss because people are ashamed failure mm. I think it's a part of a part of the Finnish culture yes mm. you're ashamed of admitting your mistakes you're ashamed of being seen as as weak mm. you're ashamed of failing and I, I, I think it's a, it's a problem mm. a problem in the society mm. uh, where does that lead us as a society 
if we are shame, so shame of our mistakes? You know, I've spent the entirety of my adult life in Finland, pretty much. Mm. So I know the culture really well. And something that I've definitely noticed in the last decade or so, maybe even in the last five years, is how popular entrepreneurship is becoming. People are becoming more and more excited of starting their own businesses. And, uh, you know, schools like Alta University and, and the other places, they're teaching entrepreneurship. And they, they're helping students, they're supporting that with mentorship and money. So on the, on the one hand, we have a whole generation of people who are excited about starting their companies. But then on the other hand, you still have that ingrained mentality that failure is a bad thing. And I, I see a big disconnect there between the two, because you cannot be an entrepreneur, you cannot start new things and go after your ideas if you're afraid to fail, and you're afraid to seem somehow weak and unsuccessful because of that. So I think there's a lot of catching up to do from that mental standpoint, right? I think there are countries, especially in the West, when we think about the US, when we think about the UK, people are proud in a sense of the things that they've done, even if they failed. And you hear all of those you know, successful entrepreneurship stories where they start talking about not their latest successful venture, but they start talking about how they tried 10 times before that and they failed. Mm. And they've learned a lot and they went through so much and they've endured so many hardships. And now the, re the reason they're so successful now is not because they're so amazing and they're so smart, but it's because they've learned so much and they've accomplished so much. On, on a skills level, on a personal level, they've learned to endure and persevere. And, and that's the important part. And that's what I feel like we're missing a little bit in Finland right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to take time for people to understand that you have to be okay with failure. It doesn't mean that you should want to fail. Nobody should want to mm -hmm. fail, right? You should, of course, strive to be successful. Mm -hmm. But if you do fail and you learn from it, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and you have to understand that it really is a part of this the journey, exactly. like you are going to fail no matter what. Exactly. And this is exactly why we do this Failing Point podcast, because we want to do something about it, about it that we, people here will understand that failing mm -hmm. is part of the journey. Oh, definitely. And I think you're, you're doing a great thing. You know, you. When, when uh, Henna, you contacted me and you told me about the topic, I was like, wow, this is, people need this. People mm. need to talk about it at least. And if, if it makes you even like, realize that maybe you shouldn't be afraid of it so mm. much, then maybe your life is, is going to turn out differently. Mm. Yes. You have a very interesting story where all began. Uh, your entrepreneurial story began very early on. Can you tell about that? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, is, it is a long story. And uh, I, was, um, I was originally born in Latvia. And I don't know how much you know about Latvia, but it was a pretty sad place in the 90s um, after the, uh, the the collapse of the of the USSR. Obviously, people were lost, people were confused. Uh, there were no jobs, there was, there was no money. And uh, I was born to uh, a pretty poor family, uh, mm. very poor actually. And it's something that when I talk to my Finnish friends, it's hard to describe what it's like because growing up poor in Finland and growing up poor in even in Eastern Europe is, is very different. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had to start working very, very early. I was literally 13 or 14 when I started doing my first uh, work because sometimes it was a case of, uh, you know, making some money or going to bed hungry because we couldn't afford food, quite mm -hmm. literally. And it was not nice. And uh, so I had to start working early. And, and, and there were some interesting cases where, uh, you know, when I was 16 years old, I um, uh, where it all began was I kind of 
lied my way into working for a, a, an online, online magazine. And uh, I, I sent them a test publication that I wrote. I was pretty good at writing. And I told them that I was uh, over 18 years old. So I kind of lied my way into it. And I worked there for, uh, for quite a long time. And it was a good job to have. Uh, I was writing good articles and I was making some money, which was nice for a teenager. And I could afford to help my parents out. But then eventually, um, some, some person who didn't really like me very much uh, contacted the publication and told them that I was underaged. And, uh, uh, and he told them that they would have legal problems if they continued to employ me. So they kicked me out when I was 16 years old and I realized, you know, I have no money and I have no way to make money and I can't ask my parents because they don't have any. Mm -hmm. And it was a tough situation for a teenager because you want to have fun, you want to go on dates and I couldn't even, you know, invite a girl I liked to, to the movies or to the zoo. I didn't have the money. And I remember I, I was feeling really down about it and I was trying to, you know, come up with, with something, something to do. And I was, and I went to the supermarket because uh, the way that teenagers solve problems is by buying a lot of snacks. So I went to the supermarket and I had 15 euros left on my bank account. And uh, I remember, you know, just grabbing all those snacks and, and standing at the checkout line. And then I noticed how, you know, how there's a magazine stand always next to the checkouts. And there was a magazine about uh, the internet and uh, about sort of the IT business. And on the cover of the magazine, there was an ad for uh, web hosting and a domain. You could get uh, a web domain and three months of hosting for 15 years. And then something just like rang in my head and I was like, okay, I have 15 years left in my life. That's all I have. And I have nowhere to get more money from. And I can either just buy these snacks right now and go home and eat them and then just be depressed about my life. Or I can just take a random crazy step, spend the rest of my money on this new internet thing I knew nothing about, and then try and make some money off that, learn how to do it. And something just clicked in my head and I went and I returned all the food back to the shelf. I went home and I spent my last 15 years in my life on that website and that domain. And I knew nothing about how any of that works. I knew nothing about how to make money on the internet, but Three months later, when the uh, hosting uh, payment was due, I was actually already making money. I was making several hundred euros per month because I learned how to build basic websites. I learned how to edit images. I've learned some basic techniques about how to promote uh, digital products and how to make money on it. And uh, literally a couple of months later, I had several of my classmates working for me. Uh, it wasn't a real company. I didn't know you were supposed to pay taxes or anything. So I would pay my classmates in an envelope. <laughs> I would just bring them money to class and I would slip it to them under mm -hmm. the table. And I felt on top of the world. It felt yeah. like it felt like I've done something. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it all started. And uh, I was 16 then. I'm 29 now. And, uh, you know, that's what I've been doing my whole life. I, I've been sort of building digital businesses and, and working with uh, online marketing and uh, starting plenty of my own companies and projects and uh, uh, working for other people in Finland and abroad. So it's been, a, it's been a very long journey, but it started from this need of, you know, being a normal human being because it was either that or, or suffering, to be honest. So And you noticed an opportunity right there exactly. in front of you. Exactly. And you cracked on it. Yeah, that's an incredible story. Yeah. And I think it's it's the opportunity, but it's also about maybe taking the risk sometimes and jumping into yeah. it. Yeah, I was just about to ask, like, did you have some kind of intuition that said to you that I need to check this out? Or I think it was just more of the spur of the moment when I realized that I only have two options in my life right now. And it's either I can be miserable 
and, and sort of start wondering, you know, what should I do next? What could I do? Or I can take some action. And even if I fail, and I probably should have failed, to be honest, it was very unlikely for a 16-year-old boy who had no experience in online marketing or anything internet-related to succeed. But I took the risk and I spent the next three months, you know, studying and learning day and night and trying things all the time. And, and in the end, that's, that worked. That worked out for me. Yeah. So that's really where it all began. Yeah, amazing. So when did, you, when did you come to Finland? I came to Finland when I was 19, I think 19 or 20. And um, up to that point, I had uh, about three companies that I had started. And most of them failed miserably because, you know, the, that, that first experience, especially when I was a 16-year-old guy, and when I succeeded, it kind of gives you this, when you don't have any experience, uh, you're very young, you're very immature, and you get this first success, it goes into your head instantly, and you start thinking that you're on top of the world, you're the king of goddamn everything. And then I would invest all of my money into my next project, thinking that I know better, uh, because I've succeeded once, and I'm so smart and so bright, and I will definitely succeed, and then I would fail and lose everything. And then, you know, between I was between the age of 16 and about 19 or 20, I've lost everything about three times, where I would invest absolutely everything up to the single cent and then lose everything and then make it back again and then lose it again, simply because I was trying new things and I felt uh, invincible enough to make a lot of mistakes and do stupid mm. things. What were the reasons behind those failures? Well, I think in the beginning, especially when I was younger, like I said, it was all about... Um, feeling overly confident in my abilities with nothing to back it up whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you succeed once doesn't mean that you will succeed again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first mistakes uh, were all about thinking that I know better than the market. And I pretend that I was this young Steve Jobs who can just do whatever he wants and people will buy it. That was not the case, as it turns out. Uh, you actually have to do work and you have to study the market and mm -hmm. you have to make sure that people need whatever it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't do that, then the market will um, kick your butt. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what happened to me many, many times. So those were really sort of the first, uh, the first mistakes that I was making. So you basically would say that research to, research to market and find products for your customers, not vice versa. I would definitely say that right now. And I think it's something that, you know, people listening to, to this podcast uh, are probably quite experienced and maybe you've done some things before. So for you, this is going to come as a very basic and obvious thing. But for me, as a, as a 19 year old, if someone had told me that, uh, I would have been very, very happy and that would have saved me a lot of money and a lot of time. Okay. You said that you have had multiple different companies yes. or businesses. So. So how do you know when to exit and move on to your next one? Yeah, you know, it's it's a very, for me personally, it's a very painful topic to talk about. Uh, I've always felt that, not just in business, but also in some other areas in life, I tend to give up and drop everything when things get tough. And uh, some of my businesses, um, I feel that maybe I exited them a little bit too soon. And for me, it's always been difficult to understand when, when should you drop it and when should you sort of continue and, and persevere. 
And uh, I have a very concrete example of um, one of my one of the companies I started maybe four or five years ago. It was uh, uh, it was a very innovative company actually. It was a B two B marketing platform, uh, influencer marketing platform. And uh, back in the day, influencer marketing was just starting out. And uh, the idea was so good that companies were immediately interested. And I had fantastic customers. I had you know Finnish airlines and department stores and sports brands and. Uh, things were going well. And there was clearly the need for what I was doing. And when I would meet people, they would say, where were you all this time? You know, we, we really need this service. But then I made a mistake. And it was one of my first companies that was actually a real business where, you know, we would have a board of directors and we would do the real company thing. And uh, I made sort of a massive uh, financial mistake um, due to perhaps an experience. I did not calculate the profitability margin correctly, right? And then we got all those fantastic large clients. But what happened was on every deal that we were making, I was losing money. So literally every time, you know, this large airline would buy business from me, I would pay out of my own pocket for them to do something with me. And it was, of course, a horrible thing and it can't continue like that. And you have to fix it somehow. And, uh, for some reason, I, I felt afraid to, to admit that I've made that mistake. And I knew that the only way to fix it would be to go to those existing clients and say, you know what, guys, we messed up, I messed up. And the only way for me to continue running this business and serving you and giving you the service is to increase the prices by 50%. Mm -hmm. That would have been the only way to sort of grow the business and go forward. And I just felt afraid and ashamed to do that. I felt that I'm going to lose all of my clients right away. They're going to feel that I'm unprofessional. They're going to feel that, you know, I've made a, a ridiculous mistake. Uh, they're going to tell everybody else that they shouldn't work with me simply because these guys have no idea what they're doing. And instead of sort of doing that, because I felt ashamed, I felt that the, the safest way to go would be to just close the business and stop doing it. And I convinced myself that maybe the business model was not right, or maybe I didn't even enjoy it so much. I, I sort of kept telling myself that, that you know what, maybe this is really not for me. Whereas in reality, I was afraid and ashamed to admit that I messed up and I failed at something. And that was five years ago. And, and still like the more experienced I get, the more I realized that that was just a, that was a big mistake. Mm -hmm. And especially now when I look at the market, I know for a fact that this service would have been successful and large. Mm -hmm. It was growing right after I started it. Mm -hmm. So right now it would have been a multi-million euro company. It would have been a large business. But because I was afraid to admit my mistake, I just went ahead and I, and I exited a bit too soon. And I left it and I closed it. And it's something that still bothers me sometimes when I, when I look back and I think about it. So, you know, to answer your question, like when is the right time to quit? I think that just comes with experience. And, uh, the, you know, there, there was one book that I was reading lately by Seth Godin. I think it was called The Gap uh, or The Dip, actually. I don't, I don't remember. I think it was The Gap, where the entire book talks about this particular topic. When is the right time to quit, right? When should you stay and when should you go? And there was one interesting idea, he said. Uh, he said that there are only a few times when you should quit. You should quit when you feel that you're going to stay mediocre the entire time. You should quit when you feel that even if you reach your goal, it's not going to be worth the investment. Or you should definitely quit if you feel that in the end, you're not going to be happy. 
right? So mm-hmm. even if you succeed five years from now, you'll build this business, you make your dream come true, are you going to be happy? And as soon as you realize that you're not going to be, then you should quit. But then the, the, the time when you should stay is when, you know, in the beginning, you definitely have this beginner's luck and things are working out and you feel fantastic. And you start feeling like quitting when things really go down this, down this dip, right? So what Seth Godin says is that if you feel that this dip is just the path from beginner's luck to mastery, then you should definitely continue doing it because then it's just about learning. It's about getting better. And if the sort of the, the results justify that time that you will spend getting better, then you should definitely continue doing it. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had read that book or I wish it had come out when I was making those mistakes or I wish someone had told me this because quitting too early is a mistake that I've made too many times. And it's, it's one of the major learnings as well, just knowing when to stop or when to continue. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And I really look up to you because um, you, you can make those kind of decisions because I think that in my life <laughs> I've had business mm. that from the very beginning didn't look good and yeah. then I just kept going and yeah. going yeah. and going with it and I think that's a common problem in Finland that we uh, because we we have this courage to yes. start the first business we won't give it up exactly like, e- even though it doesn't look good exactly because you're afraid to fail mm-hmm. as well you're afraid to fail and you're afraid of what your friends and family and neighbors are going to think about you what your you know college classmates who now have like cushy jobs and big companies are going to think mm-hmm. about you and then you just stick with it as well and that's also a mistake so it's definitely a challenging thing like knowing when to quit or when to continue Mm. But regardless of what you do, you should own your failures and you should be happy that you've had the experience. Mm. Definitely. As difficult as it is. Why do we get so much pressure from outside? I think it's part of the uh, part of it comes from the society, I think. Uh, it's definitely different in some other cultures where, you know, in the US, uh, perhaps they don't have as much support from the system, they don't have as much support from the government. Mm. And people are brought up learning to sort of rely on themselves and themselves alone. And that's why they hustle. That's why they move so quickly. They try things. And if they fail, they try again. Whereas in Finland, I think the system has brought us up sort of feeling comfortable Mm. and being afraid of discomfort. And I feel like in Finland, you know, most of the jobs that people have allow you to have a pretty decent living, right? In the absolute majority of cases, you're going to be pretty fine and you're going to feel comfortable. You're going to feel warm. You're going to have food on your table. You might be able to go on holiday once a year and you're going to have a decent life. And stepping away from that is scary for a lot of people. Hmm. And failing is scary for a lot of people because everybody else is, is living their comfortable, cushy lives. And you already stand out and you look, you look strange by sort of trying to uh, get from that, um, that, that, that even level that everybody's on. Mm. You're trying to build something new. You're trying to build something and bring something to the market, change the world and make it better. And if you fail, you're afraid of what people will think of you. Mm. So basically, basically, would you argue that Finnish entrepreneurs lack support? 
I would say that they lack support. Yes, that could be one thing, definitely. I, I feel like they do get support um, when it comes to starting the business, especially mm -hmm. now. There are so many different communities and, and, and courses and schools that say, hey, be an entrepreneur, it's a viable option, that's a great thing to do. But no one talks about what happens when things get rough. No one talks about what happens when this euphoria dies down and, and the problems start. And you start thinking, should I drop this or should I continue going? Or, you know, am I going to look and feel like a failure if I give up? No one talks about that. Mm. And no one tells you that failing is okay and failing is good and failing is necessary. And failing is how you learn. And, and that, that is the challenging part. So I'm really happy that you're doing this now. So mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, hopefully people get to talk about this more. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any mentors or some kind of support? No. Yeah, I yeah. was thinking about that too. When you, you said that you, uh, I hope that someone would have tell me that. Um, so yeah, yeah, do you have someone now? You know, I, I used to when I was younger at some points. And uh, those things were very, very valuable. Uh, some mentors I got through, through the school where I was studying. Uh, that was sort of the first mentor program. I remember that, that uh, the school had started and uh, I, I got exactly the guy who I wanted to get. Uh, he, was, uh, uh, he was a foreigner himself in Finland, but he was working in a, in a fantastic job, like a really high up position. And uh, he really sort of inspired me because honestly, at that point, It was a point where uh, one of my businesses had failed and I was 21 or 22 years old and I was feeling down. I was feeling that maybe Finland isn't, isn't even a place for me because Finland didn't seem like a place for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I felt like maybe I should just leave. Yes. Maybe I should you know, finish my school and, and, and move somewhere else where, where people appreciate the fact that you want to build something. Mm -hmm. And I did have a mentor at the time who really helped me and who really sort of encouraged me to push forwards and develop my skills. He pointed at the skills that I'm lacking, perhaps, to build something or to be attractive to uh, employers I would want to work for. And that was very valuable for me. And um, we, we had this relationship for a few months where we would meet sort of on a weekly basis and we would talk. We would talk about my sort of worries and fears and hopes and, and the skills that I have or lack. And that was very valuable to me. And I remember a moment, it was years later, and, and I was going to, um, I was working for a really cool company at the time, I was doing marketing, and I was going to uh, the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. And then I was boarding a plane, and then I realized that I'm sitting right next to that guy. Our seats were together. And he was like, wow, you, you, you stayed in Finland and you did something. And I was like, yes, thanks to you. Wow, you know? yeah, I so stayed. he made you stay. Exactly, he made me stay, he encouraged me to continue and develop myself. And that was the inspiration I needed at the time. Now, after that, I can't say that I've um, had a lot of mentors, uh, not formally anyway. Uh, I do have sort of a network of people who I can turn to for advice. Uh, but uh, I think mentorship is something that's really important at different stages of your life. It doesn't matter if you've done things before, it doesn't matter how experienced you are, there, there should always be someone you can turn to and talk to. And it's, it's someone that at this point of time, I don't have any formal mentors, but I'm trying to sort of utilize my, my network mm. of professionals, friends, mm. family, who I can talk to. And that, that really helps because being an entrepreneur is a very a lonely journey nice sometimes. Yeah, we can definitely re relate to that. Yes, we can. So, mm. 
And I think we are lacking that kind of culture here in Finland that we would have mentors and people. Yeah, I think so too. Us. Like I would love to have one, but so I have no clue. So what about you? Do you have any mentors? No, no, no. So I have no clue where to look for them. Somebody said some sometimes that um, you don't necessarily need to meet yeah. the mentor; that you just have someone yeah. that you look up to and what you follow or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Well, I mean, there are organizations in Finland that provide mentorship, but of course, mm-hmm. that's a little bit more targeted at uh, sort of students and younger people who need sort of general advice in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what they say. Uh, one of the one of my very close friends and a person uh, person I look up to a lot. He's uh, in his 30s and he's very successful, but he does have mentors and he's sort of gone with that mentality through his entire life. So he chooses a mentor for whatever life stage he's at. And what he does is he simply finds a person that he admires, right? It doesn't matter if you know him personally or not. And then you just, you send him a message, you reach out and you're, you're being completely honest and you say, you know what? I admire what you've done and I would really appreciate a chance to talk to you and perhaps I could even add some value to you. Maybe I could help you, but I would really appreciate your expertise. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing that can happen is that you will make the person feel good by acknowledging that they've accomplished something yeah. and that people seek their expertise. And the best thing that can happen is that you get someone you can talk to and share share with. So mm-hmm. that's that's maybe one thing to to consider. Yeah, that's actually very good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should try that. Um, and I think in the USA, for example, there, there, it's like mandatory to have mentors when you start your business. I think it's just much more acceptable. Mm. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, it's just because the because entrepreneurship is so deeply ingrained ingrained in their culture, and uh, they know that you can learn much quicker from someone else's mistakes, mm. and they're not afraid sometimes to maybe admit their weakness. And say that, hey, you know what? I don't know how to do it. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's also something that we're lacking in Finland sometimes because people are afraid of failure, yes, but they're also afraid to show weakness and say that they're yes. not good at something. Yeah. And we try to t- make everything ourselves. Exactly. Or somehow. Because you don't want to <laughs> bother people. You don't want to inconvenience people. You don't want to show them that you're weak and yeah. and you don't know how to do things. And I, I think that's a mistake as well. It's it's you know it's about also stepping over your pride sometimes mm. and saying that you know what I'm not good at this particular thing. Mm. And if there's someone who can help me, then definitely it's it's the right thing to do. Yes, it's not shameful. It's great that you've learned to recognize sort of your own shortcomings, and you understand that you need help with something mm. because that's that's super important. You're going to get much further. Yes, and we all have weaknesses. Definitely. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Um, Well, have you ever had any regrets for starting business? You know what? Um, I always have regrets immediately after when the business (laughs) sort of, if it fails or uh, I close it down, of course you feel bad about it. And it's this emotional sort of very sore moment when uh, this this baby that you've been working on for a long time, it, it dies and it doesn't succeed. Of course it feels bad, it feels horrible. But then as you get a little bit more sort of mature and experienced, you realize that all of those things that you've done and all of those businesses you've started and the times you've failed, even the very stupid ones are still useful and you've learned something. And I think the learning part is really the key here. 
because if you failed and you didn't learn anything, then it is actually bad and you shouldn't do that. So whenever you fail at something, just look back at it, analyze it, see what went wrong so that you don't repeat the same mistakes because that's really the key. That's the core of it. So if you had asked me maybe five years ago when, when this particular business failed, I would have said that, you know what? Yeah, this, this was not great. Uh, but now that I look back at it, even though I might have some, uh, some negative feelings and I feel that maybe, you know, I should have, I should have kept with it. At the top of, at, at the bottom of my heart, I know that it was good for me. Mm-hmm. And I know that the kind of person I am today and the kind of business that I have today and the kind of successes that I see today are all the result of those things that I've tried before and the times that I failed. Yeah. Do you think that you made some sacrifices along the way? Well, I think everybody makes sacrifices, especially when they start businesses. I'm sure you would agree with, with yes. the things that you've tried and and the things, the businesses you failed in. So being an entrepreneur is not only lonely sometimes, it takes a lot of sacrifice in many, many different ways. Uh, the time you put in to make those things work because you feel like it's it's your baby and you have to do it and you you have to give it your best before you give up. It's the time that everybody else is spending on all the other things in their life, right? And, you know, I, I can tell you that um, last weekend I spent at the office and it was it's not something that I encourage. It's not something that I think should be done, but it's something that you just do as an entrepreneur sometimes because you have to. Mm. And such basic things as, you know, time, uh, time with friends, time that you can spend on yourself, uh, being kinder to yourself, which I'm personally just horrible at. I think those are sort of all the sacrifices of, of starting your own thing. And it's, it's okay. It's, it's normal. You, of course, you have to take care of yourself, but going after something you really, really want is always going to come with sacrifices. There's just no way around it. Like you cannot expect to make your, you know, your wildest dreams come true and be successful at business without making some sort of sacrifices. Mm. I don't think it's ever, ever gone like that. Mm. And when you look at, you know, the examples of successful people where they work for 10 years, you know, in a crappy office, getting no money, no recognition, before they finally sort of stumble onto something that actually works, there's just so much sacrifice in their life. And it's something that I think people need to recognize and be ready for. I think, you know, one danger of um, creating this entrepreneurship-driven society is that people perhaps don't understand the difficulties and the sacrifices that will come once you start doing it. It's brilliant that we have thousands of students starting their own businesses. It's amazing. I think, honestly, the best thing that happened to Finland since I moved here, right? But the fact that people perhaps are not prepared for the difficulties that will come and the fact that the Finnish society makes it unacceptable to show weakness or to fail, I think that's where the problem lies. So you're unprepared. And then when the trouble comes, you can't say that you failed and you can't say that you can't take it. That's the challenge. Mm. Mm. Uh, how do you define success? Well, I think success is very different for for everybody. I mean, for me, especially when I was younger, it was all about how much money you make. It's just a very simple, measurable indicator. Uh, if you made more more money this year than last year, then I think something's good in your life. 
as I'm getting a little bit older, I'm starting to realize that maybe that's not all that there is to life. I'm kind of starting to see that a little bit. And maybe success should be about how you personally feel. And to me, what I want to do with my life is make the world better in my own way. And uh, if I see that my work is making this positive contribution, it's helping someone else, it's uh, making an impact. And at the same time, uh, my employees are happy to come to work and be at the office. Uh, I feel good about my, uh, my own time and my, my own work that I put in. And at the same time, I feel like I still have some kind of balance in life and I, I have time for myself and I have time for, uh, for um, my family and friends. Then maybe that's what success is. You know, last week I, I was recommended this book. Um, it's called, It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work. And it was written by uh, the guys who created Basecamp, the, uh, the tool for team, uh, teamwork and productivity and, and team management. And uh, they built a very successful company. They make hundreds of millions. They have a lot of people there. But the thing they believe in is that they should have something that they call a calm working environment, right? So none of them ever work overtime. They don't work weekends. Their project teams are very small. Uh, they never, ever, ever give each other tasks that would put stress on people. Uh, in the summer, they work three or four day weeks. Uh, they have super long paid vacations where the company pays for the actual vacation for the employees. So the flights and hotels and everything else. And they created the environment where money doesn't matter, right? They could be growing 50% a year, but they don't want to. What they care about is that their company is profitable. And even if it's one or 2% a year, they care about the fact that the employees are happy, that everyone is living fulfilling lives and everyone can go home to their families and wives and kids and friends and enjoy life. Mm. Because isn't that, isn't that success as yeah. well? And to be completely honest with you, that kind of goes against many things that I used to believe in. To me, it was all about like hustling and doing stuff and, you know, succeeding and, and making more money and growing. But now that I'm sort of starting to explore the other side of the things that, hey, maybe there's more to life than that. And I'm starting to sort of introduce myself to these, these other uh, opinions and worldviews that, that, that people have, that I'm starting to think, you know what, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe it's about creating something that makes people happy. And if it's sustainable, then maybe that's what success is. And then, you know, if, you, if one day you end up being old and you have kids and you have a lot of kids and you have a big family and, and you have enough money that you don't have to worry about it and you, have, and you have the company where employees absolutely love coming to work every day, then wouldn't that feel pretty damn good? Mm. I think it would. And it's something that I'm starting to sort of explore right now. And I'm thinking, you know, is this how maybe I should start leading my own companies? Is this the direction I should start thinking in? Because I'm kind of, the older I get and the more I do the whole entrepreneurship stuff, the more I realize that chasing some goal and thinking that I'll be happy when I reach that goal five years from now, I think that maybe that's not going to happen. Yeah. And Maybe. we all think alike. Exactly. We read, try to read something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then you spend your entire life as an entrepreneur chasing some goal and working hard and making the sacrifices. And then one day you're going to realize, you know what, I'm, 
70 years old and I've spent my entire life chasing these, these goals that didn't really make me happy in the end because as soon as you reach one goal, you put another one in front of yourself mm. and then you just realize that you didn't really, you weren't really happy. Mm. And that's something that I'm starting to discover now a little bit and starting to reflect on. And I think I still have a very long way to go. I'm not there yet, but I think it, I have a strong feeling that it's very important in life. Yeah, and that's a part of growing as an entrepreneur. I think so. Mm. What would you change in Finnish business culture? You know, I think the things we talked about are, are quite important in terms of failure, in terms of the shame and guilt that people feel. And it's not something that you can just eradicate. You can't just tell a person, I can't tell you, you know what, Julia or Henna, you just shouldn't feel bad about failing. Just just stop. It's mm -hmm. not going to happen. I think it's something that takes maybe even a cultural change. Maybe it takes a generational change. I don't know. But I think we should start talking about it and we should start making the step towards being open about the fact that you will fail. And, you know, many of you listening to this, if, you, if you've started businesses before, then most of you have probably failed more than once. And if you're just thinking about starting a business, then most likely you're going to fail. And it's a great thing. You shouldn't be afraid of it. You should embrace it. And you should think about sort of failing fast and quickly for, and, and learning something from it. Mm -hmm. And if we talk about it more and if we make it part of this entrepreneurship agenda and the education, and if we offer the support for people, if we offer the mentorship, if we offer perhaps even psychological help in a sense, because it is really freaking tough mm -hmm. to be an entrepreneur when things are down and you come home and you can't sleep because of all the things that are happening and there's no one you can turn to, that's pretty sad. And that's what makes people fail and quit before the time is right. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to just start talking about these things. And I, I really have high hopes for your podcast as well. I think you're doing a brilliant mm -hmm. thing here. Where can people follow you or send you messages? Um, People can follow me on, of course, on LinkedIn. You can connect with me, uh, David Blinov. Search for me, send me a request. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, you can uh, you can look me up and uh, uh, see what my company does, uh, thefcompany.com. Mm -hmm. We're a digital agency. Uh, we're here in Helsinki, and then we have an office in Amsterdam as well. And um, you know, my my specialty, of course, is digital marketing. That's that's what I love, and that's what I help people with. So, if you want to connect and talk about that. Or if you even want to talk about entrepreneurship, mm. honestly, if you want to share your experiences or maybe maybe you just need a word of encouragement or someone's second opinion, I would be more than happy to connect and talk about it because I know how hard it was for me and I know how big of a difference and an impact those mentors and those people made for me. And I, I, I would be more than happy to sort of continue that and, and do that myself as well. Wow, great. that's great. great. Yes. How does your future look like? That is a very interesting question. As soon as, soon as I know, I'll, I'll send you an email. But uh, <laughs> um, honestly, there are a lot of opportunities, of course, right now. The world is just such an open place. And sometimes, especially when the going gets tough and you, you realize that, hey, I could be doing anything anywhere. Like I literally could get up tomorrow, go to New York or Australia and, and do some really cool stuff there. 
And of course, all of those possibilities remain open always. But uh, right now I'm really focused on uh, growing my business. We're two years old, we're growing, we're this month alone, we're hiring three new people. So things are, things are going really well for us. Um, and uh, so I see myself turning the F company into sort of a globally recognized agency in the next three or four years. That's, that's my goal. Wow. And at the same time, uh, I really want to do more public speaking. It's what I enjoy. Yeah. Public speaking and, and mentoring. So mm. that's what I hope the future brings for me. But you never know. Do you already know where are you going to go in to speak uh, later on if people want to mm, come and hear you? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there there are definitely some plans. Like literally tomorrow, tomorrow I'm doing a, a webinar for uh, for a large PR company in Finland to all of their mm. clients, and uh, um, there will be quite a few different events uh, that my company organizes and events that uh, I will be speaking at this year. And I think the best thing to do is to follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter because all of that information sort of pops yeah. up there. Sure. Uh, so that would be that would be the safest thing to do. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank awesome. you so much. Well, thanks so much for doing this. You guys are doing a great job, and I really hope I really hope you're successful. And I really hope that what we talked about today maybe inspired someone or made someone feel a little bit better about what they do because that's really important. Thank you for listening to the Failing Point podcast, which airs on Business FM every Monday at 8 p.m. You can also read more about our guests and listen to earlier podcasts at failingpoint.com. And remember, whatever you're trying to achieve out there, keep on grinding and never give up on your dreams. <laughs>